0: Those who can do, those who cannot do it on the internet. FancyPantsGangsters.com Hello, everyone, and welcome to the voice behind the show about actors who are heard but not seen. And this week, we've got someone that is is in that that area that we keep talking about where if you you play some video games, you might have heard her, but you've probably heard her in one of the, according to her website, gazillions (laughs) of roles as narrator, but you may not know that there is an actual person behind there. This week, we're talking with Kay Bess. How's it going?
1: Hey, there. Things are good here in sunny Southern California. Yeah.
0: As we mentioned at the top of the show, you are primarily – I think a narrator or or kind of a, what I think a lot of people consider to be a voiceover person uh, I, for people that make that distinction of between voiceover and voice acting, which again, if you've listened to the show before, you know, that's a very blurry line and there's plenty of acting that goes yes. into, into narration. Uh, but I think, yes. I think, I think for some people there is a, there is a differentiation and you're much more on the voiceover side of things.
1: Um, I would say that uh, historically I'm much, I would much more be considered you know, a commercial, a commercial voice actor. So that I've done a lot of commercial work, a lot of, you know, which means I do advertising, the voice for advertising for products and, um, and also promos, which is advertising for television stations and television shows and narration for, you know, which is, you know, sort of, I mean, the sort of classic examples are shows on HGTV or Discovery or the Smithsonian Channel, things like that. And all of those, I would say those three categories all put together, um, I would be considered a a commercial voice actor. And I've done that for a a couple decades.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Again, going to the website, kbest.com, it says you've been doing this for over 30 years. And it was a little surprising for me because I didn't think they gave narration gigs to four-year-olds.
1: <laughs> yeah! Surprise! Surprise! Yeah,
0: it seems <laughs> like it, it seems like a niche,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. It is for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't start narrating things I want to say till probably ten years into into my voice acting career. Um, it's it's definitely started in stages. I mean, it's it's moved along in stages. Um, so, uh, but but commercial work by, by far um, was the bulk of the work that I did for the majority of my career.
0: Yeah. Now, was that was that the goal to do to do voice work or do narration or was it just a generic kind of I want to act? What was your origin story? We'll go with that. My
1: origin story. Well, I I uh, I came to Los Angeles um, in 1982, um, <laughs> and I, to study acting at the University of Southern California, uh, and I studied there for two years in the Bachelor of Fine Arts program in acting. And I left at the beginning of my junior year. And it was an interesting time. I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I had this overwhelming, overwhelming sensation of like, I have to get off this campus and I have to get away from these people. <laughs> and, I, and I followed my instinct, you know. As I look back on that, particular day, I realized that I was, I was having a panic attack. Like I just had this kind of like, ah, I have to get out of here. Kind of a, kind of a thing. And um, that's
0: not uncommon for people just being in California anyway. Just like, like, I need to run. I need to leave now.
1: (laughs) I I need to run. Get me out. It's the downside of the
0: state being so big. It's hard to actually leave.
1: Yeah. It takes a long time to actually get out of the state by foot. (laughs) Um, So I, so I ended up leaving college. I mean, I never went back to USC and I, that is sort of the moment where I began to pursue a a career in acting as opposed to studying acting. And, um, I was just a, you know, a young girl, early twenties, kind of lost. And, um, and a little terrified of Hollywood and what it meant to be an on-camera actress and all of that stuff. And, and uh, as it happened, I found a workshop uh, for voiceover in a trade magazine and there weren't any classes at that time. That was a very unusual thing. The market is flooded with classes and workshops now. Um, but I went to that workshop and there happen, happened to be a casting director there. And she recorded us um, and then took those tapes home. And the following Monday, she called me and said, I think you would be good at this. And you should take a real class, a substantial class. And so I did. I enrolled in a class with uh, Tom Pinto, who was another uh, stellar voice actor, uh, at VoiceTracks West in Los Angeles and took a class. Then he suggested I make a demo. I made a demo. I sent it out to three agents I was called in by William Morris, and I got an agent, and I got a job. I mean, I, within 30 days, I think I got my first booking for a um, for a, a radio spot for Mitsubishi. Wow! <laughs> and and I and that was kind of it. And so I I realized that I was very comfortable behind a microphone rather than in front of a camera, and. So the, that's the path I walked. Those were the doors that were opening to me, and so so I took them. Um, and I walked through them. So that's how it began, and uh, I moved on to another agency very shortly thereafter, and was with uh, with that next agent for about twelve years, and um, and that's where I really kind of cut my teeth on voiceover. Uh, it was uh, Sandy Schnarr Talent was the that agency, and which is now um, AVO, uh, Sandy is still at the helm of that agency. And Sandy just gave me all kinds of opportunities. Uh, I was reading commercials, but I did my very first promo, uh, with her. Uh, I, I booked my first promo under her tutelage and, um, and that's what I did primarily for about 12 years. I did TV and radio spots and promos. And it was after that that then I started to move into different worlds and narration and and things like that. So that was my initial path in.
0: now you're not you're not the first person that we've had on the show that has credited uh, the Meisner technique. <laughs> and I, I of course, now I cannot remember the last person that we had that that talked about this. but for for people that don't know, uh, what is that? because i've seen I've seen that phrase brought up. Not right. just with voice actors, but with just, just actors in general. And it seems like one of those like there's a part of me that thinks, like, is this like an Amway thing? Because it's always like <laughs> it's always like people people that studied it, they seem to be very upfront about the fact that they studied it.
1: Well, it's a very respected method of acting, uh of learning to act. Um Sanford Meisner is the you know, he's the father of it. It bears his name, and it's essentially a technique of acting. And I, um, I, studying Meisner came at a crossroads in my voiceover career. I had been wanting to book games and some animation, and I just wasn't. And I, you know, my agents told me that my auditions were good, but that, uh, you know, I had gotten some feedback that I wasn't as they say in acting terms, I wasn't really connected to the material. I, they they could not imagine that I was actually talking to another character or to another person as if in a scene, right? And I, and I thought to myself, well, wow, that's great feedback and I need to go back to acting school because that's what I came here to do and if, you know, 25 years later, I'm not, I don't, you know, my skills are rusty, I better go back and polish them up and so I enrolled in a two-year program in Meisner technique, and Meisner is generally a two-year program. You can sort of keep studying if you want, but um, but the program itself is a two-year-long program. And it's, you know, various tex- techniques of, um, of how to be, um, how to, how to tell the truth in imaginary circumstances. I think that is the catch line that really embodies what Meisner is. So that actors, actors are about the business of telling the truth as much as people want to say that, you know, actors are sort of putting things on and it's all a big lie and it's all made up. It's actually, it's a great acting is the telling of truth. Well, well, under imaginary circumstances, it's the circumstance that's imaginary, not the expression of truth in the in the um in the scene. So then uh, there are all kinds of exercises that you learn. And uh, and basically it's about listening. It's about listening to your partner in a scene. And if you're truly listening, your response to that person is going to be authentic um, so it's really two years of learning how to listen. That's it in a nutshell. Um, and three months into that two-year program, I started booking video games. So it was really beneficial to me. Um, and and it's a it's a great program. There are other great methods of acting as well. I'm not. I'm really one of those people who says use what works for you, <clears throat> and if that means. Meisner technique, hundred percent, great, good for you. Use that if uh, if it's Stanislavski, a hundred percent, great. Use that if it's bits and pieces of various acting techniques that you employ, um, great. Do that. Uh, do what works, right? Do what uh, do what works. Do what gets you the work and and allows you to do the work well. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's <laughs>
0: that works. That works for oh, me. Oh, good.
1: OK, good. You said
0: that you, you started studying this technique and you'd, you'd already been doing voice work for a while. Yes. How and, and, and obviously it's all about acting and, and kind of working with people. But how, how, how did you find that learning these techniques improved the narration part of things where it's not it's you're not necessarily playing off of someone where that listening doesn't I wouldn't imagine at least kind of come into effect quite so much.
1: Well, I think in I think with commercials and with narration, I think I think you employ a different piece of your imagination in that you know i'm if I'm narrating a story, it may appear that I'm talking to no one, but I'm actually talking to you in your living room if you're watching it. and i am I'm attempting to engage you in the story that's being played out on the screen. Um, and that's my role. That's, that's my purpose in um, using the English language to help illuminate the story that's going on on the screen. And that's also being told by way of music as well. Um, and all those parts kind of work together to tell a story and to tell it well. So um, I think I think that technique simply helps me to understand that no matter what I'm doing, whether or not I'm, uh, whether I'm talking to a character in a game, whether I'm talking to the player of the game, um, as a narrator in a video game, you know, that might be giving you instruction to, you know, about what's next or, you know, here are the tools you can use and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that key component of of understanding that you are in a conversation with someone and that it's simply your turn to speak when you're speaking, but that I have to use my imagination to, um, to imagine what a watcher of a television show might be thinking or asking me. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so there's that piece of imagination of how, um, how I'm actually responding to someone who's watching the show. So that all sounds a little, you know, Hooey gooey, but I, but I don't mean it as such. It's very practical to me. um, So that when I'm, you know, whenever I have a piece of copy in front of me and it starts out by saying in December uh, of 2016, uh, Shauna went for a walk in the forests of blah, blah, blah. Right. And I'm, so I'm setting the stage for, for the picture, you know, that's coming on and I'm beginning to tell a story. I imagine that you have just said to me, where where was this, and when did it take place? And then I answered the, the question with my with my line. It was December nineteen, you know, whatever, right? And so that's that's the conversation that goes on. So, so Meisner Meisner helps with that in simply expanding my imagination to include the the watcher or the or the listener, right? So. Makes sense. It does. Yeah. It does. Good.
0: Now, you, you do a lot of narration and, and, and voiceover stuff that we've we've talked about, uh, many commercials and things like that, but you're also, mm-hmm. I think you're on about half of HGTV, at least that's that's my <laughs> no, recollection. I'm
1: actually not. I'm you're not. not. You're not? No. No, Ma- I'm not on half of HGTV. May- but may-
0: I- maybe it's just because <laughs> they keep changing it to the Property Brothers every time I walk I by know, the TV. That's right.
1: I think I'm on... I think I'm on HGTV quite a lot, but it's only one show. It's Only one on show <laughs> that yeah. they just
0: that they just constantly air. Uh, but no, you, yeah, but yeah, exactly. you're you're the voice of the Property Brothers.
1: I am the voice of the Property Brothers for seasons one through four. One through four, and ap- after season four, those brothers began to narrate the show themselves. So uh, it became it it fully became their show, and they 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 took a they took a narrator out of the out of the show design
0: did the brothers receive some sort of voodoo doll in the mail after that or
1: you know this this is funny I uh, I had never met them you know the the, the show originated in Canada mm-hmm. and uh, and they actually retooled it They're, um they retooled it for for the United States using footage from Canada. Uh, in those in those first few years, um, but I never met them, and I, you know, I. But th- it was one of the best jobs of my life. I loved it so much. And the the um, the producer that I worked with, the the company who was doing um, the post, uh, they were just fantastic. Red Arrow, uh, they're in um, they're in Tennessee, and uh, uh, they're they're just fantastic. Anyway, um, I was. I want to say in that first year like in the begin in the middle of the 5th season where I I clearly was not, you know, carrying on with the show as their narrator, I was attending a um a show at the Hollywood improv uh, with Rob Paulson. I don't I don't know if you know Rob or know of him, but he's a very very prolific, uh, I'm well aware of him. We have not,
0: we have not met yet, but well, he's fantastic and you you should meet him. (laughs) I've I've been trying since I've been trying since episode one of this show.
1: (laughs) All right. I'll work on him for you. (laughs) Thank you. I'll see what I can do. Thank Um, so anyway, so there I was at the, at the improv, he's one of my best friends. So there I was at the, at the improv watching a show and lo and behold, there are the Property Brothers in the audience. It turns out they are huge fans of Rob, and so they were there. And um, and so, I believe it or not, I my my seat was right next to theirs. I mean, literally, like in the in the front of the in the front of the venue, and I'm sitting right right next to him. And of course, I saw you know the one with the dark hair. I was like, well, that's that's uh that's Drew. You know, and so I, you know, I introduced myself, and I said, "I'm." I, first of all, I called him that, but it turns out it was Jonathan. Who they? I mean, I got them mixed up, which was to- just totally embarrassing. Anyway, I said to them, "I, I was your narrator." For seasons one through four. And Jonathan, oh, my gosh, he was like, oh, wow, it's so great to meet you. And it was just, and then he said, I'm doing the voiceover now with this such a pleased look on his face. You know, he was so happy. (laughs) And I said, yes, I I hear that. And then he just kind of stopped and his jaw dropped. And he looked at me with this look on his face. And he goes, I think I took away your job. (laughs) And I said, you did. (laughs) and and uh and I said but it's okay that you know these voiceover jobs they have a you know they have a lifespan it's mm-hmm. a four years was a great run you know that's usually there two you know and it's really rare if they're over five mm-hmm. but um but oh my gosh the look on his face was hilarious like he was just so pleased with himself that he was doing the uh the voiceover and then tr- was truly horrified when when he realized what he you know what he was saying to me but they were they were lovely and uh, just wonderful guys you know really fun but um but yeah i did it, i did that show for four seasons and then they and then they uh they took it over so and now it's just a monstrous show and they are monstrous celebrities and you know they're but they're fantastic really good natured people very very kind good natured people so it was a great job it was a great job and it still runs you know they i think they're on like season Eight or something, and yeah, seasons something like one through that. four are still running. So right. I, you know, I'm still on that show. I just haven't recorded one in a, in a few years.
0: <laughs> let's let's move from the narration part of things to to the to the actual voice acting. For you know, again, yeah. again with the caveat, yes, of course, narration is acting. Um, sure. But you, you mentioned that you wanted to get into, into video games and, and doing yes. animation, and now you're doing both, or at least you're doing video games.
1: Yes, I still sort of hover on the edge of uh, of animation, um, and that's just, you know, it's so, the people who do animation are so, they're so good at it, and it's such a competitive field, um, but, you know, my auditions are getting better and stronger, and I, you know, and I feel like th- there's always the process of uh, casting directors getting to know you over the course of, o- over the course of listening to your auditions, mm-hmm. you know, for a while, and that, you know, eventually I'm confident I'll, I'll book something and start that start that ball rolling, but um yes, I did my um, I did some gosh, I did some really great games right up front i uh, I played the role of Anna in Lara Croft Rise of the Tomb Raider um, which was my first my really my first role. and um, I happened to oddly enough i I replaced the woman who did the motion capture and and performance capture. Um, And so I came to the game late. uh, And so I think I recorded sometime in August uh, of 2015, and the game was released in November of 2015. It was very odd that, you know... That short a span of time, um, and sh- you know she's she it, she was and is a wonderful actress. The 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 woman who I replaced, but they just were looking for a different accent and a different sound from what uh, Laura La- Laura uh, was and Camilla Luddington, you know, is a Brit and um, Laura is a Brit, and so I think they they wanted an American. So that's what they got. But I remember having auditioned for that role. It was probably a good twelve to eighteen months before uh, before they brought me in. And I remember it was one of the first video game auditions where I thought, wow, I think that's competitive. I, I think, I think, I think I did well. You know, I was pleased with my audition and I was pleased with the, with the character, with the, with the three dimensionality of the character in the audition. And lo and behold, you know, there it was. And it was, um, you know, it was it was quick and dirty. I think I had four uh, four sessions. Um, the great director um, Philip Bocci, and um, and and boom, there it was, out. You know, and it was had. It was a wonderful character with a really great arc. You know, she is she is the girlfriend of Lara's father, who has recently been you know, murdered and, uh, or so we think and, you know, and so in the beginning, she's an ally of Lara's. And then she has this turn in, in the arc of the story where we realize that she's actually working with the people who are, who are out to, uh, who are out to get Lara. And it was just, it was just a wonderfully delicious character. And I, and I just felt really lucky that I, that I booked it. Um, And then the, the second thing that I booked was just a little nugget of a role in uh, Skylander Superchargers, um, where I played a queen, you know, sort of a royal queen, and that was ah uh, again a sh- kind of a short session. But it but that felt more like animation to me. That was that was a really animated character. I was, was going to say, I mean, the yeah.
0: Skylander series is is basically a cartoon anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so it it very much felt like like a. Like a cartoon character, as mm-hmm. you say, and she and she is a cartoon character. I mean, yeah. oh, she's yeah. a character online. Yeah, she's a she is a cartoon character. She's so a,
0: she's a cloud with a crown, pretty much.
1: She is a cloud with yeah. She's half cloud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, I've done work on the. Um, I've done a lot of work on Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, um, and but that's just kind of what I affectionately call you know grunt work. I mean, I'm doing soldiers and uh, you know. And I'm in your I'm in your head, you know, as you're as you're playing the game and giving instruction and stuff like that. But a lot of different roles and many sessions, and that's but that that's that's fun work too. It's different. It's different uh, because it's not a single character that you're working on, um, but you get a you get to you get to just be a part of the action, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's uh, so that's great fun. And then I have a couple more games that are coming out. Um in the fall that i'm I'm not quite at liberty to discuss of, but. of course
0: not <laughs> of course not one of I'm these days I will too, get one of you to yeah. break one of these days I will get one of you to break on this and then our careers would be over <laughs> well that's not really <laughs> at least my, my concern I'm like, my, that's not <laughs> know, really right? my problem I'm sorry but <laughs> I do. I want to talk about IANA for a second because because the the Tomb Raider games, the, the kind of the reboot games, you know, I think that was the second one after they've kind of realismed up that series a bit. Now, yeah. Anna's an interesting character like you mentioned because because of that shift but also from a voice acting perspective she she her character she's sick like she's got like some yeah. it's not really defined about what exactly is wrong with her but she's got kind of like a, a tuberculosis thing going so she's yeah. so she's coughing constantly yeah is that yeah. hard like I would imagine that that's that's an incredibly hard thing to do even over just a couple sessions
1: yeah um, yeah, I mean, it gets a little rough on your voice. But fortunately, you know, I, I worked with this director, Philip, who, who, when he got what he needed, we moved on, you know, it, so he did, he never belabored anything. And I, I feel really fortunate that that's how he worked in that circumstance, because you could, you know, you could cough out your voice for sure. And there. It, so far you know the people that i've worked for and these are major game you know producers they they've been fantastic in terms of appropriate breaks and do you need to rest and what can i get you like here's some tea and you know um they very much took care of me in a way that that i really appreciated you know they were they had no interest in um in sort of working my voice to death. And so I, I think it's my obligation to, to give the right performance from the start. And the hope is that the director that you work with recognizes this. And and really, when they're happy, then you move on. And that, fortunately, is how that those sessions went. And so I never... I didn't really do any damage. I, you know, was my voice a little sore after a four hour session? Yes, it was. But it was nothing that 24 hours and a good night's sleep didn't didn't cure, you know. Um, So I think there's a piece of technique in there that you have to know how to breathe. You have to know where to place a scream. Uh, You have to you have to. Know what kind of cough you're having, like what's it a result of, like water down the wrong pipe or like lung cancer, you know, those kinds of things, and make your choices accordingly, Uh, and instead of searching for the right cough as you're coughing, because I think that makes that wastes a lot of time and it wastes a lot of vocal energy. So huh. thinking about it beforehand, um, if does that make sense? I, I no,
0: it it totally does, and it's it's just weird that I never thought of like planning your coughing. Just it, for some reason, it I'd it, it, never thought of it that way.
1: Well, it's it's funny. It, it's I don't really think of it in terms of planning my coughing either. It's more like what is the circumstance that I'm in, and what's the degree of um, what's the degree of sickness here you know, is, am I on my last breath? I mean, that just informs the depth to which you're going to cough, you know, the, those, the loudness, uh, of your scream, uh, all of those things inform. And so it's often difficult because we don't see our scripts until we're there. And so it's not like I can spend a couple of days with the script and make a plan about, you know, here's what I'm going to do here and here's what I'm going to do there. And, but it's more like being given the opportunity to review the script as you're standing there and ask questions and say, what's the circumstance here? How sick am I? Am am I dying in the next 10 minutes or am I dying in a month? You know, that those kinds of questions. And so Mm -hmm. that's about conversation with your director. And, you know, that's the kind of thoughtful stuff that I think that goes into any, um, well-rounded performance. You're, you're seeking information to find out exactly who this character is. And in gaming, under the circumstance, you got to take that information in the session because you don't get your script beforehand. So it's, I think that's one of those, um, uh, one of those things about voice acting in games that, uh, it's a, it's a specific kind of a skill that you can put that, you can put on those character traits right quick, you know, and, um, and bring them to life. So.
0: All right. Now we're running a little short on time, but I do feel the need. <laughs> okay. I do feel the need to bring this up. Yeah. Although part of me doesn't want to bring it up because technically, you are my competition now.
1: <laughs> you, oh, we're in it together. You, I. You, <laughs> you know, you,
0: you've got you've got your own voice acting podcast. It's called the Beehive. Yes. And I've, are you two episodes in now? I know you just started it. Yeah, I just started.
1: Yeah, I have an introductory sort of. Episode zero, and then I have two guests up, and my third guest goes up tomorrow. Yeah,
0: and you're you're doing primarily, uh, actually entirely women in voice acting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. What was exactly. what was the thought process? I know why I did this, why I'm doing the show, and that's just to meet famous people. But these are all, <laughs> these these are all your friends, so that doesn't that doesn't work for you. What was the impetus behind doing the Beehive?
1: Well, I love this job. I love. How varied it is i I love the particular skill set you know that's required to do it. and I also i I really just wanted to be able to sing the praises of of women in voiceover because for the most part, most of the work, I still think it's somewhere between you know seventy-five, eighty-five percent of the work in voiceover, no matter what the genre, is still for men. And so, y- you would then tend in you know in giving accolades for great performances and you know notoriety and things like that. Uh, most of that notoriety is going to go to the men, um, which just makes sense given the volume of work that they do. And and so I just I just felt like. I know some great women who do great work. They are unsung. They don't really care about um, being in the limelight or the spotlight, but they do, they do really good work. And they, uh, they also, they're great people and they have interesting stories to tell about the path that brought them to into voiceover. And so, and, and it's true that so far, you know, I'm, I'm sort of culling from the women I know at this point. I've got a list of, you know, 25 already. And that I haven't even touched, you know, the, the heart of it. Um, I know many, many more. But I, there are also hundreds and hundreds of women that I've never met. And so I feel like I have this great sort of ocean of talent from which to draw and to uh, to share their stories. And and to and simply to give a name to the voices that we all hear every single day every single day we hear them and we don't know who they are we we don't even think about them so it's just that moment of when you think who is that or what is that or wow that's an interesting voice i just i want to i want to be able to say the name of the person and and uh, sort of recognize them. That's really at the heart of it. That's it. It's just a love of what I do and a love of the people that I have had the privilege to work with and work alongside all these years. So, and I just, I have to tell you, I just got IPDTL. And Mm -hmm. so it's uh, now the rest of the country is open to me and, and the rest of the world really without my ever having to leave my studio. So I'm super excited about that because I'll get to interview women that I've never met, but that I too have heard and wondered who is that. (laughs) So, um, so that's why that's, that's really it.
0: And for people outside of the industry, IPDTL, it's basically like super Skype. It's in a way. It's like,
1: yeah. yeah, it's like, it's like super Skype. Yeah. The, the acronym is internet protocol down the line and it allows, it allows me to hook up by microphone, by internet uh, protocol, uh, to someone else in their studio, and the sound quality is so good that it sounds like they're in the studio with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty awesome. It's a it's a pretty awesome little invention, I have to say. So uh, yeah.
0: And I would imagine That's... that just helps your <laughs> your your work as well. In addition, just not just the podcast, but just oh, yeah. the work and oh yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. Just anything you don't and have
0: absolutely... to leave the house for is always better. I I, I could be just lazy, but that's, you know, that's just me.
1: Well, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty serious introvert, you know, so Ah. I, it, you know, so it's really fine if I leave the house for, you know, like one day a week (laughs) (laughs) for a session, but, you know, but I mostly have, you know, sessions at home and I'm, and I'm good, you know, but, um, but I can, I can muster enough energy to go out and be personable and, (laughs) And gregarious, you know. Well, that's you amazing. have to do it every once in a while, of just course. to keep your sanity.
0: Of but <laughs> although, although now Amazon brings food, so re- really, do you have to? That's right. I know.
1: Well, you know, I do. I I'm a big uh, subscriber to things like um, Blue Apron
0: and oh, okay. Sunbasket, okay. and
1: like so they so, really they yeah. deliver everything to me. And Amazon Prime, I'm just
0: yeah, no, sort I'm, of a freak in that way. Yeah, so. no, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. What do you got coming up <laughs> that people can can look forward to hearing you in? Oh. That you gracious. can talk about, of course. I
1: I really can't. I can't, you know, I think I'm I allowed know, to even, say. I don't even know
0: why I even ask this question anymore cuz I, I know uh, right? it's just like like no, it's just no good.
1: I think that I, I do believe that I got permission to say that I am working on State of Decay 2, but I can't say what, I can't say when, I can't say the character or anything like that, but Okay. Um, but that ga- that game is in production and I I am working on it. All that's right. all that's all I can say.
0: She's all <laughs> but she's I, but she's, there, she's every zombie. I've actually looked it up on IMDb. She's listed there. <laughs> every zombie. Every zombie. Yes.
1: And uh and then I but I have a really fun a really fun one coming out in uh in the middle of August, so mm. um stay tuned for that one. But that one I can't I can't mention yet. So
0: all right, and and the be, the Beehive podcast, which you can find at the Beehive, and it's just letter b hivepodcast.com. Uh, is that is that weekly, monthly? What's the schedule on that?
1: It's weekly, weekly. and All episodes right. come out on Thursday mornings, bright and early. Wow! Yeah. So you
0: could, Oh I was going to say oh. you could listen to the Beehive in the morning, which it's in and of itself sounds like a morning show. Beehive in the morning, and then you yeah. could listen to the voice behind, which comes out Thursday afternoons. So it's a full Isn't day that of, full day of voice acting for you
1: full day of voice acting i heartily recommend that um and yes it is the beehive the letter b dash hive the b oh, yes yeah yeah, yeah. If, on, if, on, if, on it, itunes yeah, yeah if you're
0: looking for an all itunes right. it's b-hive but yeah just for the website it's just beehivepodcast.com um,
1: that's correct all those that's links right for the website
0: Yeah. yep yeah. all those links will be in the show notes so you don't have to remember any of this <laughs> yourself <laughs> that's good yes that's good i get it's just
1: L- look at it. That's yes, exactly. Yeah. Just clicking. You don't just, have to remember. That's yeah. good. just click. Yeah.
0: And you can find <laughs> Kay's website is just kbest Um, and we talk all the time about voice act websites. This is one of the better ones. This one doesn't look like a GeoCity site from 20 years ago, uh, which is not ni- <laughs> which is nice. Um, so well, thank you. Hey, that's you know, nice to hear. It's getting better, <laughs> but like every once in a while, I'll find like a website. that's like, what are you doing? Like, and and like real yeah. real established people. Like why? Why? What do you yeah. like? You can afford this. You can afford a web designer. What the heck are you doing? But maybe they're yeah. just maybe they're just so busy they don't have time to they don't need the work or something. I don't even know.
1: You know, I think that that's true. And I, I think if you're, I think if you're uh, kind of a blue collar voice actor, which is kind of how I consider myself i'm not a star and i'm you know i'm i'm like constantly auditioning and it's an ongoing thing i i there are there are very few people who've sort of breathed that rarefied air of you know being so busy that they that they don't have to think about upkeep on their website <laughs> i'm yeah. not one of those people so so i can think about my website and, tr- and try to make it better <laughs> so that's what i have that's what i've done but i do think that's the reason i think there are some people who are simply so busy you know, and some like I don't even some don't even have a website because they don't need one.
0: Yeah, you know. Also, wear um, Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, but not me. <laughs> Maybe one day.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at the website now, and if it's still like this in twenty, yeah, exactly. e- if it's still like this in twenty years, you'll know Kay's made it. Exactly. Because Perfect. she hasn't. That's exactly ha- right. <laughs> because she hasn't <laughs> had time to update <laughs> the website. Yeah. Yeah. If you get a chance, everyone. Even if you're not interested in playing uh, the Rise of the Tomb Raider, go on YouTube and find some of the videos because it is one of the most cinematic video games you're going to find. And it's beautiful. And yeah. I think part of that is is because of Kay's performance and everyone on that on that game. Um, but yeah, definitely check that out uh, if if you get a chance. That's I of-
1: have a, there's there's I have I have some uh, what do I want to say some clips some clips of mm. uh, that that performance um, on my YouTube channel. Um, so, if you want to go, you know, if you want to sort of go directly there to find those specific ones with Anna in there, then you can, you can for sure find them there. Excellent. So, and it's just K, K Bess, you know, is the, is the YouTube
0: channel. So, excellent. Uh, we'll throw yeah. a link, we'll throw a link in the show notes to that as well. Okay. Perfect. Well, K, thank, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, Evan. It was really fun. Thank you so much for having me
0: you've been listening to the voice behind if you'd like to support the show visit our patreon at patreon.com slash the voice behind supporters will get access to special outtakes advance notice of future guests and a live stream where you'll be able to listen to and ask questions of our guests live check out our website at fancy gangsters.com for links to the patreon as well as our other social networks and the show notes for this week's show thanks for listening